because you're sucked into drinking beer by believing it's a healthy thing. All these beer commercials usually show big men, manly men doing manly things. You've just killed a small animal. It's time for a light beer. <laughs> Why not have a realistic beer commercial? What's the realistic thing about beer where you go, it's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. <laughs> Waka waka y'all, welcome back to another episode of Shut Up and Refill My Popcorn. Today, we're going back into actor franchises. This episode is all about Robin Williams' old dogs. Now, I base these off of Rotten Tomatoes, so if you want to have an idea, maybe maybe this movie shouldn't be considered his worst one, etc., whatever, let me know at Twitter. But, I go into, the, I go into this movie, so... Sit back, relax, enjoy some refreshments as we get into Old Dogs after a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of eating that stupid sandwich shop from down the street where they give you more bread than they give you meat? Well, bring your big ass down to Chubb's Sub Sandwiches. We got all the meat you can handle, baby. All you gotta say is double my pleasure, double my fun. You gonna put double ham. We can even combo bologna and ham. Chicken, turkey, oh man, all the veggies you can handle, baby. Get your big ass down here to chub. We ain't no pedophile ring, you know what I mean. Welcome back, guys. Like I said in the intro, we are going to be talking about Robin Williams' lowest scoring film from the Rotten Tomatoes website talking about 2009's old dogs now before we get into it oh my god how can i say this it was sad seeing him and bernie mac because we lost them in a span of from this film was like 09 so about five years after this film came out both he and bernie mac passed away Oh, man. And then you have John Travolta, who has lost, I think he's lost a son. And I think, I think last year him and his wife passed away. Passed away. They divorced or something. They're separated. So it's a lot of, not I say tragedy, but a lot of some bummers, you know, that come to mind for me. Um, the film, I thought it, there was some funny funny moments i mean it's it is a disney movie and uh, ironically wasn't on disney plus uh but i thought it was funny um uh from what i read about it on rotten tomatoes and other sites uh it was just it wasn't their best film or robin williams best film i mean think about all the bangers he's made mrs doubtfire hook uh, those are just a couple off the top of my head, but I mean, it's Robin freaking Williams. Uh, even as a dramatic actor in, oh, what is that film where he plays, uh, he plays like a uh, photo technician, you know, like, I don't know, nowadays everything's digital, but back in the day, you used to take pictures on whether disposable or each camera had a roll of film in it, 
you get that film developed at your local pharmacy or in some cases Walmart they still do it I don't know if they still do that yeah, I'm pretty sure they still do it but you know if you want to go old school and use roll of film and he just played this oh say demented or delusional person who actually I mean it's a, it's I can't think of the film but it's it's fucking deep and I mean it's a lot of times a lot of, when comedic actors take that other genre on you know in their acting career sometimes it's hit or miss um but it, I, th- I always thought it was pretty good and he has an episode of SVU where he plays uh the villain or the whatever but and but I mean come on Robin Williams fucking amazing actor funny guy I love his stand up I mean I think one of my favorites one of the first ones I remember watching was his 2002 live I think it was at Broadway and it's just I mean I was, I'm a Mork and Mindy fan you know I mean yeah what else can I say but this movie again I mean it's a fun family movie the story is that uh, after his divorce, Dan, played by Robin Williams, uh, goes to his partner and best friend, John Travolta, played by, I think he's Dan. Should I... No, no, he's not Dan. He's Charlie. He plays Charlie. Um, best friend. And I love the montage at the beginning where they kind of show him, like, they kind of, how they Photoshop, like, oh, this is, because, I mean, John Travolta and Robin Williams have been in celebrity status since the 70s or acting or whatever. And so they kind of spliced, you know, like, oh, they're hanging out in the car together in like 1980-something. And it's like a picture of them from that time period. I thought that was cool. Um, this, the story, okay, I'm going back. The story is that after Dan has his divorce, he's broken down. Charlie wants to take him, pick his spirits up. He takes him to Miami. They have a night of hanging out, drinking. He meets a girl. Her best friend, and this is the crazy part. The girl is, is Vicky, is played by John Travolta's wife, Kelly Preston, <laughs> and the daughter that we find out later on, uh, one of the twins, is actually John Travolta's daughter. So it's almost like John Travolta said, "Fuck it, let's make a family movie," you know, with my with my family, and then eh, we'll just kind of I'll be the side character or something. Um, so he takes them out. They meet. Rita Wilson, who is Tom Hanks' wife, plays uh, Vicky's friend, who's a hand model and has like a a lazy eye or something. She's all cockeyed. Um, so they, you know, they have a drunken. They get drunk. They're having a good time. They get married. They get annulled, and so that's like their storyline. Because Charlie and Dan are sports marketing agents or something. They have a company, and they're trying to, they're trying to get the Japanese company to take them on, or or like some kind of deal, or whatnot, business venture. And so that's kind of like the, you know, the the story based on the movie. And so he, I guess he reached out maybe six months ago or whatever, from this time period. Uh, to her. Oh, and so he uses John Travolta's character Charlie uses this story to kind of loosen up the the people that they talk to, the, you know, their friend, their potential business partners, and so uh, that's how we kind of get the backstory of what happened. Dan, I guess, reached out to her, gave her like this twelve page uh, letters 
of you know how he was feeling because he was down in the dumps at the time had no clue he had kids with her i mean it was seven years ago wild night they bumped uglies and she didn't want to i guess she didn't want to burden him she just said you know i'm gonna take it on my own uh this is the weird part of the story (laughs) um she she calls him up you know to you know to come into con you know to reach out to him she tells him that she was just gonna go at it alone but uh that he has kids and basically that he has kids but at the same time she's going to jail for two weeks now, I am not a criminology major or, or anything like that. I've never, I don't think, I've never been arrested. I tried, I'm not trying to go in the county and lock up or anything. I'm, you know, I keep a pretty straight, you know, type of person. You know, I don't if I do something legal. I ain't going to get caught <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, who the fuck? She, she She's like a, she, she chained herself to a track a bulldozer or something to make a statement and i guess the judge gave her two weeks of lockup like who goes to jail for two fucking weeks like is that a thing like seriously you know for chaining yourself to a fucking bulldozer you either get community service because okay we get what you okay blah 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 or a month of jail time or two months or something or like two months, you know, and then but the possibility of a month in lockup and a month of community, you know what I mean? Like who gets just two fucking weeks in and out like a dirty Navy SEAL? That boggles my fucking mind. And of course, it's a Disney movie. So it's not all crazy, you know, like she's not getting hit on it when she's on the phone. Cause when you see her uh, calling Dan or whatever and she's in the lockup phone area or something and you. You know, I'd at least have one chick kind of like, like wink at her and give her a kissy face or something. But, um, so she reveals to him, you know, I need, I mean, maybe there's an option. Maybe this is an option of you meeting the kids and starting to be in their lives. Uh, she's going to, the kids are, I'm going to be locked up, but my friend, the the Rita Wilson's character is going to watch her. And this is the funniest fucking part of the movie. She's a hand model, right? So she books a gig. Uh, that's why she they met up for lunch or whatever because they went to a, for one of her auditions. She books the gig. They come back from their little day of of you know like oh hey guys I'm you know I'm your dad blah 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 let's ride a carousel. And Rita, I don't know if she was playing blind or if she is blind. I don't think so. And. He, she's helping him with the bag. She's like, oh, I got it. He doesn't see her hands in the trunk of the car. He slams the damn trunk on her hands, fucks her up, and can't get it open. She's screaming. It's the funniest fucking thing. There's a lot of like stuff like that that's funny. Uh, we'll get to the pill situation in a minute. but uh, So she's at a commission. So she's like, oh, fuck. What, you know, about Vicky, I mean. It's like, what am I going to do? Who's going to watch these kids? Oh, my God. I'm, this is the worst possible time. Or this So this sucks. Dan, you know, pulls it and goes, I can do it. You know, I'm their dad. I want, they want to get, we want to get to know each other. You know, like, let me do this. And so that was really cool. Um, there was no, like, resentment or nothing 
or the kids were kind of like, yay, you're our dad, yay. I don't know if it's because it's a Disney movie or what. I was expecting to see, like, some kid be like, now you want to be in our lives, homie? Like, what the fuck? Um, the other cool thing, or the other crazy thing is John Travolta trying to be, like, a ladies' man. Uh, Aunt Becky. Now, Aunt Becky played, or the lady that played Aunt Becky, Lori Laughlin, uh, of course, recently has been in the news for, you know, trying to get her kids into college and all that shit. But everybody knew her as Aunt Becky. She was in this movie. And she played a translator for the guys and the Japanese, uh, I guess, board members or whatever. And so John Travolta's trying to, like, woo her. But there's not a lot of interaction. I mean, there's a time where, like, they're at the office. He's kind of throwing his shot. And then um, they have a moment where they meet at, like, a... It was not a park, but it was somewhere, some little area where she was having a a, a meeting amongst her fellow grievers. It was like a, a group uh, support meeting, support group meeting. And they were remembering her her grandmother who passed away. And this is around the time, right, around, right before this happens, him and Robin Williams' character, they're, pill, they're talking about, oh, I take this pill for this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God, can you believe how old we are? Blah, blah, blah. Um, the kids accidentally spilled their pills, so they have a mix-up. Robin Williams is like perfect in this in this part of the movie. John Travolta is eh, a little cringy. He's he's like, oh, I'm so hungry, and he's eating all the food at the potluck buffet, whatever. He's got these crazy facial spasms or something. Is and and it's so fucked up. It's kind of it's not too cringy, but it's like ah. Uh. But Robin Williams' part was whole fucking funny. He's like. Trying to get like his death, uh, what's that word? Death perspective or whatever. Like, he's really close to the guys, and he's and it's so funny. He hits Seth Green in the nuts with the golf ball because they're golfing. Sorry, I didn't bring that up. Um, so yeah, the kids, uh, they as soon as they have the kids with them, like alone, him and him and uh, Charlie, they take them out to eat. They're at a, like a country buffet type of Cracker Barrel restaurant, you know, where a lot of people, old people go to eat. And so they're mistaken for being grandparents. He, uh, one of the, the kids spills water on chart on Charlie's lap, so it looks like he's pissed himself. All the other old people are like, oh, what does your grandchild call you? My grandchild called me Nap Nap or some shit. And, and Charlie's over there trying to, like, trying to uh, sweet talk the waitress. He gets up and she's like, "Oh, you had an accident." Oh, and he there's there's a lot of grandpa jokes in there, and then there's a couple like gay couple. Uh, there's the scene where they go camping with the kids, or the part of the movie where they go camping with the kids, and Justin Long is in this movie, and he is just mean mugging the fuck out of Travolta. He look, you look like the old man that stole my girlfriend, or stole my wife, or stole my woman, and he's just mean mugging the fuck out of him it's so fucking hilarious um oh what's his name matt Dillon. he plays like the main the main uh camp ranger person and um he's like going off about having all these like this legacy of this camp area has been we've been camping here forever my grandfather's in the tomb somewhere and there's this monument of fucking <laughs> of his grandfather or whatever and fucking, they have they, 
Robin Williams' character fucks it up. He does. Oh, what does he do? Oh, they're shooting skeet. Uh, clay. I was gonna say clay pigeons. Yeah, uh, I don't know what they call them. They're clay discs for like practicing uh, bird hunting. You know, like uh, pool, and they shoot it up in the air, and you follow it, and you shoot it with a shotgun. Well, he gets it, and of course, it's a double-barreled shotgun. So one. One trigger, you know, shoots one barrel. The other trigger shoots the other. Well, he shoots the clay pigeon. He's like, yay. And he accidentally pulls the second one. And he shoots the head off of this wooden fucking monument of the of the uh, camp leader's grandfather. And it's like, oh. And him and Justin Longer were like, oh, my God. They're freaking out. It's so fucking hilarious. Um. And it's supposed to be like, I guess, a weekend thing. They're supposed to stay the night in the tents. And so the next thing you see them in the house like they're like oh my body's aching i'm like what the fuck i guess the weekend's over then they were only there for like nine hours they talk about how they got kicked out because they started a fire and they burnt the whole the rest of that monument area i was like oh that's so fucked up um and it's a like i said this is a family movie the guy's trying you know he's there's gonna be a problem you're trying i'm trying to figure out what the problem's gonna be it has to do with with the japanese deal uh, they send Seth Green out. Now, Seth Green in this movie looks so fucking caked on with makeup. Like, super caked on. I don't know if that's maybe because I'm so used to him with, like, a goatee or, like, scruff. And he's just clean-shaven, baby-faced. Like, the one thing I remember from, like, when they marketed this movie back in the day was that he was being held and caressed by a gorilla. And I was like, that's kind of, that's that looks funny. Okay, yeah. But during this whole movie, he's got he's so excited because if the Japanese deal goes through, he's gonna move to Tokyo and be you know the right hand man and blah blah blah. We, they send him off to Tokyo and this motherfucker goes karaoke and and doesn't even show up the next morning for the meeting. They can't find him. It's like oh really? Like and they don't really go into much detail. They just kind of like oh it's a footnote kind of thing. And uh, I'm losing my fucking pace because I'm I'm jumping from point like. The thing is, this movie, you know, like some movies I review, they're like straight up stinkers. You know why they suck. You watch it. This one, I laughed. There's parts that are cringy. Yes, like John Travolta trying to mack on women. Uh, the Bernie Mac scene where uh, they use his like puppetry suit so Robin Williams can play with his daughter. The the interaction between him and the kid is really heartwarming. Like, let, let me be real. Like, He's 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 having a heart to heart with the little girl, and and like you can see that it's changing him, and then and like he realizes wow I have these I like these kids and like they're they mean the world to me like any real father would feel, you know what I mean like I feel it personally every time I look at my little girl like it's I mean I had this same feeling when I used to help take care of my my nieces and nephews like it's like you have a purpose like you're trying to be like in the movie the little girl thinks of him as superman like he can fly he's got superpowers but he's like a superhero and that's how you feel sometimes man like you don't want to let these kids down you definitely don't want to have a fucking train in the background son of a bitch hang on guys okay i think the train's gone far enough so we don't hear a fucking horn sorry about that um so getting back to it like you see him changing and then he you know i mean there's a there has to be a moment in the story where he kind of lets him down in a way 
And I thought it was when he, the little boy, heard him talking about how, you know, him him unplugging stuff, kind of like that's why they want kids or this and that. And he gets upset with him. He's like, damn, like damn. I said that that moment is like, oh shit, what? How do I fix this? Uh, but it's actually when the Japanese stuff goes through, and they say for this deal to go through, y'all need to leave, y'all need to move over here to Japan. And uh, that's the only offer we got right now. Uh, so he chooses his job in the Japanese deal over this family. Basically, this potential. I mean, he this he says this girl was the love of his life, and that he's you know, you know, he was missing a part of something to make him whole. Basically, he, he was finding it with the kids, and then the possibility of getting back with the Vicky. Um. And so, yeah, like I said, she was locked up for like two weeks. She gets out, and then they drop this bomb on him. And so now he's got like a family meeting of, uh, I'm sorry, we're going to try to make it work. They go to Japan, and he has a moment of like he's trying to open this presentation up. He brings up old pictures and videos of the, the first time, the first day that they were hanging out. And you see it, he's like, fuck. Like this. So, in a way, he kind of tanks the deal. John Travolta's pissed off. And throughout the whole movie, he has this dog. Uh, Charlie has this dog named Lucky. He's had since 95. This old fucking dog, like, he's pissing in the office. This is so fucking funny. He's just pissing everywhere. Seth Green's like, yeah, why don't you just put a diaper on him? Like, how old is he? Oh, he's he's, he's up pretty up there. The, the vet said he's, you know, he's holding the record for oldest dog ever live. Um... So while he's gone, he and uh, he the he puts the dog up in the in like some kind of kennel, and unfortunately, Lucky passed away, um, which kind of ties into like okay, because the whole grief support group with the uh, Aunt Becky, you know, like oh if you ever experienced grief or lost grief or lost somebody, you know, we're here for you. Let's talk, you know, like a support group does, and so he. Like he has a funeral, like an actual funeral with people with dogs. Like, I know that's a thing. Because uh, California people are crazy. Um, not to sound insensitive or nothing, but, like, usually when my dogs would pass away, uh, we would bury them at the ranch. You know? And it, it was a sad moment. And, I mean, some people, they call the, the like the city workers or whatever. Like, no, nah, fuck that. We're going to bury them. You know, put them on our land. You know, we're going to put them... Um, so yeah, and like um, now I'm thinking about my dead dogs. Anyways, so the, he has a funeral service for him, and then I thought it was kind of insensitive. Robin Williams shows up with a fucking puppy. Like he's supposed to be like, oh hey, here's another dog. I was like, really, dude? Like, like this was my best friend for like some twenty something years, and you're just gonna bring me a, a replacement? Like, nah, bro. We gotta give give the dude some time. You know what I mean? Like a week or two. At the least, and he, but he's, you know, he's trying to bring an olive branch. He's trying to be like, you know, I'm sorry, and they, they patch things up, and uh, they figure out that, you know, he's got to get his kids back, or he's got to, he's got to be at this birthday party. That's the thing. At the end of the movie, they go to the zoo. She's have their, the kids are having a birthday party at the zoo. For some reason, they close everything down. He can't get in, inside now. I don't know if that's everywhere. And like, I'm thinking of like zoos, amusement parks, when they have private parties and stuff like that. Yeah, they'll close stuff down or they'll close off a section. 
You're going to close the whole fucking zoo down? Like, there's still people in there. Like, I get you're closing the entrance gates because, no, we're not letting nobody in. Once everybody's out, that's when we'll close, you know, everything, blah, blah, blah. But what the fuck? It's a birthday party. Like, and then, of course, there's going to be a list. So, like, he goes through the list and he's not on the list. So, they, they sneak in somehow and they make it to the gorilla exhibit. And that's when we see the scene of, uh, or later on, we see Seth Green being cradled by the gorilla. They make it to the penguin exhibit, which is weird because the, they're, like, right next to each other. And, like, shouldn't it be colder, like, in a refrigerated building or something? But, okay, whatever. Uh, they make it to, I think, the area where they're about to. But there's, like, a tunnel that goes to that area where they're at. It's closed down. And so... Uh, there's a guy with like a jetpack rocket and he's going to fly in for their birthday party. Like, yeah, some mom wanted me to fly in for the kid's birthday party. So I don't know. Robert Williams pays him to do it. And the funny reaction is like, is this safe? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. He's like, I don't care. Whatever. You fucking paid me. He fucking flies and he's like, the kids are excited to see him. They're like, yo, yay. He, f- the fucking jetpack loses power and he falls into the fucking water pond thing that was there uh they have a moment in the ambulance or right before the ambulance and like oh you know i moved over here like i want to like want to be a family and that's where in the movie we you know the year later there's like that blog the year later there john travolta is talking about like this whole story he's still doing this whole oh this is a story blah blah this would happen now he's married to aunt becky they have a baby they got these two dudes that were in the uh, earlier in the movie played um the baby proof in the house played by Dax Shepard and oh what's his name Luis Guzman uh the one that he's oh I don't know if I can describe it if anybody's seen the cowboy way he's the one that he gets his dick sucked by the little baby calf (laughs) he's also in waiting he plays one of the cooks uh but I remember Luis Guzman from The Cowboy Way. That movie is is an old 90s movie. That's where I know him. That's where I know the dude that's in the SVU organized crime, uh, crime show, the bad guy. I can't... Uh, McDermott? Uh, I can't think of his first name. Um... Never liked him in that one. It's like, like you know, as you, you watch movies as a kid. You're like, oh, that's a bad guy. Fuck that guy. So the rest of the time you see him in something else, whether he plays a good guy or not, like, fuck that dude. Uh, that, that, that shows how well of an actor you can be when you can convince a kid to hate you. Almost like that scene from uh, Low Down Dirty Shame where Jada Pinkett Smith beats the fuck out of the soul proper guy that she hates. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um... And so that's the end of the movie, guys. Like I said, it's it's a nice, it's a it's a funny, decent movie for you know. It, there's no, it's a Disney movie, so there's no cussing, nothing crazy, no vulgar situations, whatever. Uh, I love the fact that he, uh, Robin Williams' character, gets a tattoo. They're telling the guy "Free Man" tattoo "Free Man" on his chest, and the dude puts "Fremont," and so that's the chant they're, they're doing at the bar. "Fremont, Fremont." That's funny. Um... Other than that, yeah, it's 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 a decent family movie. Um, first time I've ever seen it. But amongst all the other movies that Robin Williams has made, this one was re- ranked lowest on his account on Rotten. I would say account, but his uh, profile or whatever on Rotten Tomatoes. Now I'm pretty sure there's probably a worse Robin Williams movie, um, but I just do a simple 
like I said, this this is an actor franchise. Um, I just did a simple Rotten Tomato search. Uh, it had it shows his highest ranked film and his lowest ranked film, and this was the lowest one. Ironically, I think John Travolta's is, I believe his is Look Who's Talking Now, but I know for that Battlefield Earth is a pretty shitty movie. Let me see. Let me bring up. There we go. Right, tomatoes. And I, like I said, I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, the, the Vicky and the daughter were his, uh, John Travolta's real life wife. Let me bring his thing up. Um, they, they don't have a lot of screen time, but yes. Like I said, his lowest rated film is Look Who's Talking Now, which is ironically another film I wanted to talk about. So that's going to be a two for when I cover that episode as a actor and a franchise lowest one. I wonder why they never rebooted Look Who's Talking. Those films are pretty funny. Like the first one for sure. The second one is, is pretty nice. It's pretty cool too. The dogs, eh, okay. But yeah. So that's going to be it guys. Please stay tuned after the sponsor spot for the outro. Peace. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Uno Bling in the biz. Yeah, that's right, y'all. Your boy Uno Bling is on TikTok cooking up some comfort food. Oh, Tex-Mex favorite. Oh, baby, you name it, I'm doing it. Check me out on TikTok, SoundCloud, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm back, baby. Uno Bling. Well, that is it, guys. That is the episode. Thank you again for checking it out. So please do me another solid. Go like and subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. So you always get it downloaded into your player once it drops. Also, hit up that link tree. Follow me on all social media platforms. You got Instagram, Facebook, of course, Twitter, and TikTok. Another thing I have going on is if you want to check out this movie there's a link in the description that will send you to Amazon Video and you can rent this movie it'll shoot me back some Skrilla and it helps the podcast so with that being said again thank you so much if you ain't laughing you ain't living nanu nanu peace